Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. At Mosaic Business Consulting, we understand that every business is like a complex mosaic of glass pieces. And we specialize in putting those pieces of a business together to create a seamless and efficient operation of your business. I'm Laura Wagenknecht, and we believe in the unique mosaic of our clients' visions, goals, and dreams. Let us be your partner in crafting a brighter future for your business. We have courses in the Growth Accelerator Masterclass Series and business planning starting soon. Register for a course today. Good morning. I'm your host, Lara Bagenkinesh, president and owner of Mosaic Business Consulting, and you're listening to The Mosaic Life with Lara W. A mosaic is a bunch of pieces that, when put together, make up the whole in a really beautiful way. And this show plans to discuss the various pieces of a business throughout different industries and how these pieces, when put together, can help develop a better, more efficient, and effective running of your business. To reach me, contact bizradio.us. And today, my guest is, oh, you guys are in for a treat, Lorraine Ball. And after spending too many years in corporate America, Lorraine said goodbye to the bureaucracy, uh, glass ceilings, which we are all too familiar with, and bad coffee. Oh, thank goodness I don't drink that. And to follow her passion to help small business owners succeed. And she does this in spades. Today, this successful entrepreneur, author, and professional speaker enjoys sharing what she knows about marketing in presentations to groups around the country, in college crafts classrooms, and in her weekly podcast, More Than a Few Words. She brings creative ideas, practical tips, and very, very practical tips, and decades of real-world experience to every conversation. And in her spare time, because she has so much tee-hee-tee-hee, she loves to travel and take photos. So I'd really love to welcome you to the show, Lorraine. It is such a pleasure to have you. Laura, it is so nice to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I When we have conversations, I know you've got this broad, broad background, but I really love the idea to be, um, you know, to get to some of the information that could really help our listeners. And you have so many tips and tricks up your sleeve. <laughs> I'm wondering... Um, where would you like to begin the conversation? You know, certainly your background in corporate America, you worked there for how many years? Well, I have 20 years in corporate and 20 years in small business. So wow. yeah. I'm, I'm, you can either say I'm evenly balanced or I'm old. <laughs> shh, shh, we don't say that word. Yeah. I might be getting older, but, you know, um, yeah. anyway, but, you know, what got you interested to me? What got you interested in the marketing aspect of things? So this is really kind of a funny story because I was working for a small business and I decided to go back to graduate school and I decided I was going to get a degree in accounting, which if anybody who knows me knows, that's really kind of funny, but, <laughs> I, you know, okay. I'm good. I'm good in math. And so I thought, well, this is a real business skill. And mm. my accounting professor, maybe in my second or third course, sat down with me and she says, look, you can do this. You're good at it, but you will hate your life. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, you know, I wish you had told me that like in the beginning, 
Okay, whatever. So I said, well, what should I do? And she said, marketing. And I said, marketing, that's that's fluff. Those people make that stuff up. I think she must have spoken to my marketing professor because I was required to take one marketing course who also sat down with me and said, you know what? You should be a marketer. And I couldn't very well tell somebody who had dedicated their life's work to a subject that I thought it was fluff. And so I heard her out. And I'm really glad that I did Hmm. because both of these women were absolutely right. I think like a marketer. I Hmm. view the world through that perspective. Hmm. My understanding of numbers helps. But I am eternally grateful that that is not my every day. Well, and I'm curious about the marketing, you know, what did they tell you specifically that changed your perspective from fluff to it's really not fluff? I think the thing that really resonated with me and has stayed with me forever and ever was that my professor said, when I said, you know, I I don't think marketing is quantitative enough for me. She said, that's where you're wrong. Mm, Good marketing, good marketing is all about the numbers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that because I think we do get mixed up. We get lost in the content issue Mm -hmm. and miss out on all the analytics and all the other information that can yield really good feedback about what we're doing in our marketing efforts, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that is the thing that excited me the most, you know, know, I'd been doing marketing for a very long time before internet marketing really became a thing. But the thing that really excited me about digital marketing was the analytic capabilities, was the ability to see, well, I ran that ad, how many people saw it? I put that piece of content out there. How many people engaged? How much traffic did it bring to my website? Mm-hmm. How many people came all the way through that funnel and ultimately bought? And that ability to see the relationship between the numbers and the results was something that I just love about marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, we were talking about um, in a conversation we had recently about SEO <laughs> and everybody talks about SEO, but I don't think people really understand what SEO is. And I don't p- think people understand what's required of them to really build their presence online. And I was wondering if you could sort of talk through that. In particular, one of the things that um, I know we had ch- chatted briefly about was this um, user-generated content as an issue. And I was kind of wondering if you could share with that, uh, share with our audience information about that. Okay, so let's start with the first, because you had a lot of questions in there and they were I all did, good. And I, did. <laughs> and I want to answer all of them. Okay. The, the first one is, I think most people are doing SEO wrong. Oh, Okay. I think most people get very, very hung up on this idea of I've got to have keywords. I've got to, I've got to attract search engines. And they are very focused on what Google wants. And the piece that they are forgetting is that Google may bring traffic to your door, but Google doesn't buy from you. Right. <laughs> and you're, you're talking about bots will get to your door, but not necessarily buyers. Right. And okay. so what... I started doing, and I started doing this way 
early on when everybody was still playing with black hat and white hat SEO techniques, I stopped worrying about it. And I started focusing on the content, Mm. on creating good, interesting, relevant content that, yes, included keywords and phrases that people were looking for, but more importantly, that answered questions that real people had. Mm. And as SEO has matured and as the search engines have become more sophisticated, what we're seeing more and more is a shift to content that answers questions. And so we were doing this, you know, 15 years ago, and a lot of my friends laughed at me, but when Google changed their algorithms and their websites tanked and mine didn't, um, somebody in this conversation had the last laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) But you're having one now. Oh, Um, yeah, because I've made every mistake in the book. So, yeah. But the the lesson really was that if you answer questions and you use language that people are using when they go to search engines, you have a tremendous advantage because these days people are not using what we used to call, um, it was called a Boolean search, furnace plus repair. Nobody mm-hmm. does that anymore. They go to Google or they whip out their phone and they say, Siri, Alexa, Google, my furnace smells funny. What should I do? Right, right. And so if you have content that answers that question, those people will find you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and let's, I'm sure we're short on time. I'm just concerned about that. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious about the user. User generating, yes. Yeah, yeah. If you said, that was a great answer, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for partitioning my questions that I peppered at you. So absolutely. And so it's almost a natural, you can begin to see where user generated content comes in because who is going to describe you, your sales process or your product better than your customers? Mm. And so as a business, you want to get people talking about you. The most common user-generated content is reviews, but it is not the only user-generated content. You can ask questions on social media and collect answers. You can ask people to submit photos using your product. Starbucks is great at this. You Mm. can run contests that engage people on social media and collect their their responses and use that in your marketing. All of that information, the beautiful thing about user-generated content is it will surface very authentic, very real answers that you may never think about. You may never think about talking about your product in that way or using your product in that way. Mm -hmm. Which customers will. Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about user-generated content, let's say I do um, a question on Facebook or a question on Mm -hmm. Instagram or um, Mm -hmm. anything like that. And I say to my audience, um, what would you like to know about business? What Mm -hmm. questions do you have about your own small business, let's say? Mm -hmm. And let's say I get a few replies So you're telling me that I can use that content Mm -hmm. without getting their permission? Absolutely. They've already shared it. And so 
you, you can take that content and do it in any number of ways. You could turn around and write a blog post and say, here are the 10 most common questions business owners have, and here are my answers. And you can awesome. answer them all in one post, or you can answer them in a dozen. Or you can do it. Um, I did one recently that was loads of fun, was I was frustrated about something. And I was like, what's your best technique for um, this group is boring. We don't have enough engagement. What's your best technique for getting people to engage with you on social media? And what were the responses? That sounds like a great question. Oh, you know, um, I mean, you know, a lot of the simple ones, you know, I was, you know, I asked them, uh, one of the guys was like, well, you, you, you use the at everyone tag and everyone ignores the at everyone tag. If you really want to get engagement in your group, tag four or five of your members and every day find a different question and tag three or four different people. Hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? He was right. It works. Um, and, and so in that instance, I wasn't looking to promote. I really was just looking to create engagement, but some of my favorites, um, Jimmy Fallon used to do that. I don't know if he still does it for his show, but he used to ask a question on Twitter. And then during the show that night, he would read some of the answers. Oh, right. I remember that. He used to do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fun and it was funny. And why that works is that to some extent, social media is driven by ego. Everything. (laughs) But it is. And everybody puts, shares information because they want to be noticed. Yeah. And so if you say thank you, if you respond, if you use their answers and tag them, they're flattered. Ah, nice. If, if you ask that question, what are the you know what's the question that's bugging you the most? And then when you write the post, you go back on on the same social platform and you say, "Hey, at Mary, your question really prompted me to think about this in a different way. Here's my response." Yeah. Okay. Don't and, you? Th- and- yeah, keep going. I was going to say, don't you think Mary is going to read the response and share it with one or two of her friends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only are they going to share it with their friends, but their her responses will get noticed. Then your page will get noticed. And if any of them are, let's say, a small business owner, they might want to um, follow or... Mm-hmm you know, connect with you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really what it's all about. I think a lot of times people forget that social media is social. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it is interesting. So social media, you, you see a lot about being introvert and how you can do social media, even if you're an introvert, but it doesn't change the fact that the social mores of before where you are pleasant, you're kind, you share, you, um, you listen, you also thank, which I really appreciated you saying, you know, thanking people um, and, and showing that kind of respect, I think really also generates a lot, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I sometimes I'm horrified 
because people behave online in a way they would never, never behave in person. And I think to myself, what would your mother think if she saw what you just wrote? Exactly. exactly. And then I realize I sound very old and I get over it. Um, But... I I sound old and I get over it and I just am like, okay, well, that person's a jerk and I move on. But, um, you know, when you engage with your community, when you ask questions, when you invite them to participate, it creates content that you can use on social and it creates content that you can use on your website. And when you use it on your website, you're really feeding the search engines exactly what they want. Oh, right, right. And I was going to ask you that, 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 because you talked about contests and other ways to mm-hmm. increase user generated content. What are, wh- when you say a contest, the oh. thing that comes, pops into mind is, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have to have a car that I'm selling or, or that's for free or, and they're going to win a free key or something, right? So, what are some contests that you think would, be helpful for folks? So first off, the thing that you have to recognize is that people play games because they're competitive. Mm. And if there is a prize, they're happy. It doesn't have to be a fabulous prize. People will do all sorts of things for a Starbucks gift card. It's just amazing. Hmm. Uh, now, if you do have a big prize, all the better. Um, one of my favorite contests, and this was, he was an optometrist. He was looking to build his pediatric practice. And he had two objectives. He wanted to, he wanted to build his visibility as a pediatric optometrist. He wanted to build his email list. Hmm. And so we ran a contest and we actually did have a, a nice prize, but the con, but you can do the same thing on a smaller scale. The contest was you had to submit a photo of your child wearing glasses. Huh. <laughs> okay? okay. And and in doing so, you gave him the rights to use that photograph. So he was disappointed because we had like 150 photos. And he's like, that's not really very good. And I said, no, wait. Because then once we got all the photos, we opened it up for voting. And the kid whose photo got the most votes won. I see. And that's good because then you're, yeah, because, okay. okay. But wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. In order to vote, you had to give us your email address and your zip code. (laughs) Yes, and people like to vote. And people like to vote. And what that did was we added like 3,000 names to his email list. Because wow. every mom had every one of her friends and family vote, right? Mm-hmm. We could delete anybody who had an out-of-state zip code. Obviously, grandma voted good on her. We weren't going to add her to our email list. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. didn't have to. We had 150 photos of kids in glasses we could use in his marketing. We had 3,000 new names on our email list. He was happy. We were happy. It was a great campaign. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, Kellogg's does this once a year. They do a, or Lay's, that once a year they do a contest where they take flavor suggestions. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and people submit and they participate and they share and they talk about potato chips and then they taste the potato chips. 
and then somebody wins and proportionate to their business. It's not really a big prize. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. That's awesome. Yeah. And so even a small business, if you're a local restaurant, invite people to make a, make a recipe at home and send you a picture and give them a free meal. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, you can scale this up or down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is really great information. And, and so let's say I'm on LinkedIn, which is more business oriented versus I'm on um, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm, you know, I want to ask this question, but I'm going to hold off. We're going to have you back on the show. We're going to ask that in the next show. So I'm going to keep people waiting with bated breath. Um, But in the meantime, I have a question for you. Um, If people want to reach out to you and get more details, more great tips that you're offering, how can they reach out to you? So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Lorraine Ball, Mm -hmm. or check out my podcast, More Than a Few Words. It is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. And more than a few words, I'm going to be on the show, right? Yes, you are. It's, it's, it's airing today. So, or, or, well, it will, it aired. (laughs) It it, it aired on the day that we recorded this, but there actually are two episodes. So there was one released in December, which I just loved talking about business planning. And then we turned around and had another conversation that'll be available in mid January, talking specifically about niche marketing. That was a fabulous conversation as well. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, Well, fantastic. Um, Thank you so much, Lorraine, for all of your time and your expertise. You are a fabulous guest. I really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. I always love hanging out with you. You do such a good job of making the interview flow and making it easier for your guests. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening to the Mosaic Life with Laura W. You can listen to this episode again and get this great content or listen to other great hosts and their shows by going to bizradio.us and click on shows. Thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.